Good morning. I'm James Hellman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, October 26th. In today's news, some Republicans from New York may block a vote to move forward with a tax overhaul. George H.W. Bush apologizes for inappropriately touching an actress, and a compromise on health care payments now looks unlikely to pass this year. But first, the big idea. The Republican Civil War is bigger than Donald Trump. Don't buy into the spin that the Republican divide is more about personality than substance. Republican leaders right now are trying to downplay the significance of Jeff Flake's retirement speech by insisting that the party is as unified as ever and that critiques of the president are entirely about personality, not policies. Trump said yesterday while boarding Marine One for a trip to Texas that there was great unity within the party and that his meeting with Senate Republicans was, quote, a total love fest. But that's just not the case. There are profound ideological differences within the Republican coalition that have become much more pronounced in the Trump era. In fact, on the same day that Flake bowed out of running for re-election next year, the Pew Research Center, a nonpartisan outfit here in Washington, released a fascinating 150-page report that highlights fissures under the Republican Big Tent on a host of different issues. The report is really interesting. It identifies four distinct GOP factions. First, there are the core conservatives. These are the people you might think of as mainstream Republicans. You might even call them Jeff Flake Republicans. They overwhelmingly support smaller government, lower taxes, including on corporations, and they believe the economic system is fundamentally fair. They also want the U.S. to engage in the world. Second, we have the country-first conservatives. They're a smaller segment of the GOP base. They're older. They're less college-educated. They feel the country is very broken, and they largely blame immigrants for that. Their views skew isolationist. Third, we have the market-skeptic Republicans. They're leery of big business and free trade. They believe the system is rigged against them, and they don't think that GOP leaders care about the middle class. Finally, there are what Pew calls the New Era Enterprisers. They're Republicans, but they're younger and more diverse. They're also a lot more bullish about America's future, optimistic about where we're headed. They support big business, and they believe immigrants make our country stronger. A lot of the fighting we see right now in the Republican Party is a result of the division between these factions. The core conservatives have been well served by Republican Party leaders over the past generation, but these other groups feel left behind and forgotten. That was partly why Donald Trump was able to win the Republican nomination in 2016, and now people like Steve Bannon are successfully capitalizing on anger and resentment among the non-core conservative group. Interestingly, looking through the study, it became very clear why Trump keeps talking about Hillary Clinton. He knows that it's the best way to hold his coalition together. Among those four factions that I mentioned, voters strongly dislike Clinton at about twice the rate that they strongly like Trump. A final important point from the survey, the center is not holding in American politics. There is dramatically less overlap in the political values of Republicans and Democrats than in the even recent past. Back in 2004, which feels like an eternity ago, but was only 13 years, fully half of Americans took a roughly equal number of conservative and liberal positions based on 10 different questions. Three years ago, when Pew did this study, 38% had a mix of liberal and conservative views. Now, just 30% do. 
And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, House Republican leaders made a frantic attempt overnight to keep their aggressive tax overhaul effort on schedule. At least four GOP lawmakers from high-tax states said Tuesday that they intend to vote against the budget deal unless they get a concession to at least partially preserve the state and local tax deduction, which in D.C. shorthand is known as SALT. The lawmakers argue that many middle-class households in high-cost-of-living areas need that deduction. The House is scheduled to vote later today. It would set out key parameters for a tax bill and pave the way for Republicans to pass it without Democratic cooperation using the so-called reconciliation process. Number two, former President George H.W. Bush apologized after actress Heather Lind said on Instagram that he groped her as they posed for a picture at an event a few years ago. Another actress also came forward last night with a similar allegation against the former president. Bush's spokesman released a statement admitting that Bush regularly touches women inappropriately during photo ops while telling the same dirty joke in an attempt at innocent humor. The apology comes as dozens of actresses have gone public with allegations that disgraced Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein either sexually harassed or assaulted them. Number three, several new developments in the healthcare debate. A federal judge in California denied a request from 19 attorneys general to force the Trump administration to resume the funding for those cost-sharing payments to insurance companies under the Affordable Care Act. The ruling leaves intact Trump's decision to immediately end the subsidies. Cost-sharing payments reimburse insurers to discount the price of plans in the marketplace, and they give lower customers access to the plans. The Congressional Budget Office also estimated yesterday that the proposed bipartisan Senate legislation to fix this problem would actually lower the federal deficit by nearly $3.8 billion over the next decade and would not affect the number of people with health insurance. Meanwhile, though, House Speaker Paul Ryan announced that he cannot imagine any scenario in which a health care compromise passes before the end of the year. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, October 26th. You can read much more about the Republican Civil War and that Pew study in my newsletter at WashingtonPost.com slash Daily 202. Thanks so much for listening. I'm James Hellman, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.